Hello, hello, and welcome to The Mental Matchup, a podcast where we hope to shed light on one of the hardest competitions an athlete will ever face, the matchup against their own mind. I'm Kat, and this week I am joined by John Armistead. (laughs) John is from Northern California and went on to play college lacrosse at the University of Richmond before heading to grad school and using his fifth year of eligibility to play football at the University of Southern California. During the episode, John speaks with me about moving across the country to attend college and the social anxiety that accompanied the move. He opens up about dealing with multiple injuries, learning to balance rigorous academics and athletics, and also his experience with therapy versus relying on teammates, coaches, and friends to get through difficult times. John's dedication to raising awareness for mental health helped him create an app called Athletes Together, which is an app for student-athletes to focus on mental health and build community. I'm excited for everyone to listen to this conversation with John. So without further ado, let's get right into it. John, thank you so much for coming on The Mental Matchup. I am beyond excited to have a conversation with you around your experience with mental health and also what you're kind of doing now based on your experiences, which we'll get into you know later down the episode. But to, to kind of kick us off, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do? Yeah, yeah. Um, so first off, I appreciate you having me on. I've... Uh worked with Morgan's message a little bit when I was in college at Richmond. So it's really cool to uh, come back here and, you know, talk on the mental matchup. But anyway, my name is John. Um, I grew up in the Bay area in California, uh, went and played lacrosse at the university of Richmond in Virginia. So all the way across the country. And then uh, just this last year, I used my fifth year and played football at USC. So I've had a lot of different athletic uh, experiences over the last couple of years. Um, Some good, some bad, a lot of good actually from it. But uh, you know, it's been definitely a, um, roller coaster and learning my own mental health and strategies of mental health and being able to connect with so many different types of people, so many different athletes and seeing how they, you know, approach mental health and how they treat it is definitely been a really eye-opening experience and seeing uh, all of that has helped me really improve, you know, myself. So once again, I appreciate you having me on here and, uh, you know, hopefully I'm able to share some experiences that resonate with other people. I want to dive right into it. Growing up, what, (laughs) what kind of role did sports play in your life, play into, into your identity. Um, and ultimately how did you like being from California lacrosse is it's growing, but like a rarity, like how did you fall into the sport of lacrosse? Yeah. So to answer that first question, uh, sports have been pretty much everything when it comes to like my identity since like, um, you know, the moment I was born, pretty much I was, I always had like a stick or a ball or something in my hand where, uh, you know, sports have been a really central part of my life. And I think a lot of that is because, you know, both my parents were athletes. So they, uh, that, that kind of just, um, uh, fell to us as well. But my older siblings, um, I got two older brothers that were really good athletes and I just looked up to them a lot. So that's definitely where a lot of that stemmed from. And, uh, like you just said, lacrosse is definitely not a sport that's big in California. It's getting a lot better for sure. But you know, when I was starting out, it was pretty small. Um, not a lot of high schools had it very, very slim pickings of like club teams and, and, uh, you know, things like that. But, um, it was actually my older brother, Henry, who's four years older than me, who got into it first. 
And pretty much we were both just bored playing baseball in the spring. And that's kind of where that came from and ended up, you know, we found a club team, um, the high school that we went to Bellarmine, I uh, had a team at the time and obviously like a lot of other high schools and stuff now in the area have teams, but um, that was definitely how I started. I think I started playing. I was young. I, I think I stopped right after T-ball when it came to baseball. And then I was playing pretty much in like second, first grade for lacrosse. So I started early, definitely much, much more on the earlier side than uh, a lot of other people playing lacrosse in California, but it was good to start that early. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lacrosse is a dear spot, spot in my heart. Um, was lacrosse the only sport you were playing? Were you also yeah. dabbling in fall sports, winter sports, summer, uh, swim? Yeah. I was doing, I was doing something every second I could. I was playing pretty much every sport growing up. So I was uh, definitely a big basketball player growing up. Football was um, actually, I mean, I'll get into this later, but football was like my first love for pretty much when it came to sports. It was especially college football was something that I just like absolutely loved and wanted to strive for. Um, but I was playing football growing up. Um, I was playing basketball. I was playing golf a little bit. I was swimming. I was, I was doing pretty much everything. Soccer that didn't last very long, but I was playing a little <laughs> bit of soccer. Um, and then, uh, you know, as I got a little bit older, I started to focus more as I got towards the end of middle school. And then high school is when I ended up starting to just, uh, pretty much put all of my focus into both football and lacrosse. Got it. At what point in your kind of sports career did you decide or like at what point maybe the decision was kind of made for you? I'm not sure to pursue a collegiate career in men's lacrosse. Yeah. So I, uh, I loved playing both lacrosse and football in high school and, uh, I think I would have definitely considered opportunities that came from both of them kind of by luck of the draw though. Not really luck, just kind of unlucky. I ended up getting injured both my junior and senior year of football. So I missed a lot of those seasons and missed out on a lot of the opportunities that came with it for, you know, getting offers to play in college. Um, and, you know, lacrosse was definitely um, something that I had been focusing on like very heavily um, as well as like pretty much spending a lot of my time um, in that as well. So I, you know, kind of knew, that I wanted to be playing in college. And um, just by the situation, lacrosse ended up being the best opportunity for me, especially at Richmond. So uh, I kind of just let things fall into place um, for better or for worse. You know, the injuries happened, but uh, that was kind of how that ended. What was your recruiting process like? <laughs> so I actually didn't get recruited really at all. I had one offer um, and it was from Richmond. I didn't have any others that were division one, two or three. Um, I actually was... So I started doing the whole recruiting circuit. Um, I don't know if, you know, many people listening to this remember, but lacrosse was a big, like people were committing when I was in high school, people were committing like eighth grade freshman year. Like it was a very, very common thing before all the rules changed for like the, I think June mm -hmm. 1st, uh, junior year um, rule. But that was a, a very, very heavy wave of people committing kind of at, at that time. And I was in that circuit, but wasn't really getting a lot of the looks at the time. Um, partially being on the West Coast, partially just I wasn't like the full player that, that I had needed in order to get to, um, in order to be recruited. But I, uh, so I ended up only getting one offer and I, it wasn't even really like a, they kind of saw after me. I talked to them for about two years and they ended up taking a chance on me, you know, right at the end, I was already starting to apply to other colleges just to go to college, not even to play just because that was, you know, the opportunity that I, I thought I was going to have to go towards, but you know, they, they took a chance on me. Um, and I'm really thankful for that. I had to get in. But, you know, once I got in, that spot was mine. And uh, it, it was awesome. I mean, like, it's it's pretty crazy to think about how uh, that whole recruiting process went for me. But, I, you know, I couldn't be more thankful that uh, the coaches at Richmond were willing to take that chance on me because they probably hadn't even seen me a whole lot play. But um, 
you know, it was, it was, it was really, really awesome to see that happen. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for them. Yeah. It, it always amazes me, like, <clears throat> and I'm sure you feel, well, maybe you don't, but I'm sure you feel similar of like looking back to then kind of connecting some of the dots of like, mm-hmm. I would be in such a different place that mm-hmm. I am today if things oh, yeah. had worked out differently and things always tend to sure. like, my mom's probably rolling her eyes listening to this, but like (laughs) things always tend to work out in the way that they're supposed to, even if it sucks or you're like disappointed and whatnot. So I'm glad it ended up working out right. Probably the best, the best way possible, even though moving from, I mean, I'm from Virginia and not, not Richmond. I'm from Northern. Um, but just knowing my, my friends and, (laughs) and like former classmates from, California, like California to Virginia is a big, big jump, not big. just geographically, yeah. but like culture wise, like Richmond's yeah. in the middle of the state. Yeah. It's a completely different vibe than um, California, which I, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into before yeah. we get into that. I, I, I do want to ask like growing up in your community and your family within your friend groups were were there ever any conversations around mental health yeah so that's actually a question that um as i'm doing more mental health work and and, uh, in this conversation more that people have asked me and you know it definitely wasn't a central point um growing up it wasn't really a topic of conversation that felt necessary to come up i mean it clearly was it's something that you know shouldn't be ignored but it wasn't really something that was uh you know, our main point of focus for conversations. Uh, I think a lot of like when I, when I started really taking a deeper dive into my own mental health, that was from my personal experiences. That wasn't necessarily from, you know, conversations that have been brought up around me, um, which I think, you know, without those conversations growing up, you're in a little bit of a dark place, like dark place in the sense of like, you're left in the dark with it. You're not really sure exactly how to attack those issues. If it's not really something you talked about a lot growing up, if it wasn't like, you know, a common theme of conversation. Um, so it definitely was not, you know, something that we focused on growing up, um, but it was, it definitely got more and more as we got older, it became something, you know, once we got to college, it became something that became a lot more of a normal conversation to have. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. We'll go back and we'll skip ahead. Um, so you're heading to Richmond, you're going to school, how many ever thousands of miles away from home? What? What did your freshman year look like? Was it <clears throat> similar to what you expected? Can you walk us through that? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't really know what I expected. Um, because it was I had been in a bubble for the most part in California. Um, you know, just being from the Bay Area, you're getting a lot of exposure to a lot of different types of people, just like a lot of different like quote unquote places like in the area. But it it was a big culture shock going back. Um and going to, I don't even know if you'd consider it the East Coast or South. It's both to me, but I'm sure it's not to people that are native to the area. Um, but that was that was a crazy experience for me. Um, you know, going into an environment where not only was it a lot of people that were different, like pretty much everybody at the school was had a different upbringing than me, which is very like culturally different than me. Um, but also going into, you know, a team of however, probably 50 or so guys that, you know, were incredibly like hardworking, just incredibly successful people at what they did and trying to like assimilate yourself into that environment on top of the whole social, you know, um, situation of just trying to not only fit in, but just, you know, be like a part of that community. It, it was tough having those two on top of each other. And I, 
definitely struggled a lot my freshman year. That was probably my first sign of like something's going on like that I haven't really quite figured out about myself when I was finding myself really, really struggling with this move. Um, part of it, I think, came because I have a really, really solid support group back home in California and my friend group from high school were still really close and stuff. But moving away from them, moving away from like my family and so far away was something that was definitely really, really hard to get used to. Um, you know, nothing against people at Richmond. I think it was just very much so me going into a whole new environment and a whole new culture and just not really being sure how to navigate my way through that. Yeah. Which, which I don't think, I think a common, common theme I've, I've run across is like, no one can, I don't think people can really prepare you yeah. for, for something right. like that, right. but more so like no one ever does really even like mm-hmm. try. I think college is kind of packaged up to be it's your next adventure it's a stepping stone into adulthood it's exciting and whatnot and like even in my own experiences like I don't think my parents ever were like yeah it's gonna be really scary like you're living on your own for the first time you're gonna have to re-figure out like how to make sure you feed yourself yeah you you know and set your alarm and make it to things on time and balance like no one there's so really, much going on. There's yeah. so much going on. Um, college is a lot. And I don't, I don't think it's like taught. I don't think it's talked about like, you know, in that manner, a lot of times, like before people kind of get there. And then mm. I think it's like very shell shocking um, mm. as like a young, totally. 18, like as an 18 year old to, you know, go yeah. somewhere and then have to acclimate um, quickly, especially with playing. Like, I think in general, going to college is hard. And then you add in like playing, playing a high intensity sport where a lot of your time is no longer yours. Um, it's, it's almost as if you have this like full-time plus job where Mm -hmm. not only are you expected to perform, but also like expected to make sure you have good grades and balance the social life aspect. And it's just a lot. Um, I think part of, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off right there. No, no, no. You go ahead. No, I, th- I think that point that you just made is definitely something um, that's that was very true for myself in my transition as well, because like I, you know, not knowing I didn't have or knowing I almost didn't have the opportunity to play in college. I knew that I was ready to go and just make the most of every single like moment of that. But that meant dedicating myself. You know, I was going with the mindset of, like I'm going to dedicate everything I have to this because I wouldn't like naturally have this opportunity. And I think not that that was detrimental in any way, but I think that made me fixate on um, just being like the best version of myself physically that we'll get into this in a second but I think that just made me you know um have the wrong idea of success when I get to college and I think it it put me in a tough spot because I was ignoring a lot of the mental factors while only trying to you know get myself ahead in the in the physical factors so um kind of like you just said like it's like that that expectation that you have being on a team um can can just be like a very tough part of the transition can you expand on expand on that yeah, any part of that specifically, or just like um, I'll, I'll of, just kind of go back and yeah, the whole thing. Um, unless you add something specifically right there. No. I I think what stood out to me was like the the dedication to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so kind of my whole story there was I kind of said this before, but when I got that offer to you know play, um, my mindset was like I'm going to be like the hardest working person both on and off the field. Um, I just wanted to like prove to them that like they made the right choice in me and um didn't want to have any regrets because i'd I'd heard a lot of like college athletes talk about like you don't want to leave your time with like any regrets because like that time's going to come to an end eventually and it's a tough thing to even really like think about and digest when you're hadn't even started yet but i knew that i just wanted to put everything i had into it and 
I think for me, that idea of um, success came from just working really hard, gaining the respect of the people around me by that by that hard work. And then I just figured everything would fall into place if you're because like it's realistically it's the only thing you can really control is just your work ethic, which I think is a great thing to, um, you know, fully like uh, dive into is just like fully like give everything you have into what you're doing. Um, but, you know, at the same time, there has to be a little bit of balance there. And I think that was something that I didn't quite understand. Um, I wanted to be that label of like the hardest worker that ended up seeing results on the field that, you know, um, came directly from like my work in the weight room, my work on the field, my work in the classroom. But the other side of that, and I think that happened a lot. So like my, my story would go that I did that for sure. Going into freshman year, I put my head down and I really, really tried to grind as hard as I could. And I saw that success. And I think that was maybe part of what's going to, when it ended up feeding into my mental health is that I ended up getting, you know, that satisfaction on the field with my play. And I was, you know, like I started my first ever game, uh, freshman year, which was a, a huge accomplishment for me because I changed positions, like coming from California, like wasn't what I expected at all. And then I was like, all right, this is like the blueprint to be successful. Like, this is how I'm going to be. I'm going to kind of disassociate myself from the whole social scene. I'm going to really, really focus on academics and sports. Like, this is why I'm here. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and I'm not saying like, go like fully into the social scene and like party all the time and stuff, but there is a balance to that. Like there's a balance that you need to have where you need to have that, um, uh, you need to have like that in those interactions with the people around you. You need to be able to have the opportunity to, you know, grow closer to the people around you. And I think I did. I just took myself out of that completely because, you know, my idea of success was very different than maybe uh, the healthier, you know, uh, definition of success in this case. But I ended up seeing a lot of success on the field, like I was saying. But once that started to uh, fall apart a little bit or I just started to like play a little bit worse, it started to seem like everything was crashing down because that was what I invested all of my identity and self into was like, my success on the field, my success in the classroom, that once I hit a little bump in the road, it was a lot more than a little bump in the road. It was a huge bump in the road because I had nothing to fall back on. Um, so that was definitely a big learning moment. And um, it took me a little bit to really realize what was making me so vault, like what what I couldn't really grasp my emotions at all. And I was trying to figure out why this was happening. I couldn't really figure out why I was all over the place with like my play, with like my um, academics as well, like why I couldn't really get a level, like be in a level headspace. And um, it took a while for me, for me to figure that part out. And then after that, it was, you know, a lot of work putting into myself. But I think that's where a lot of that stemmed from. Um, yeah. When you say figured it out, like figured it out, that's a very, what? yeah. So I don't mean, I don't mean to use that term at all. I mean, when I say figured it out, I mean, um, started to utilize more strategies that were going to put myself in a better headspace. You know, like it's not, one silver bullet you're going to figure out and just like you're going to be better like that but there's a lot of things you can do you know a lot of people you can talk to a lot of different strategies that i didn't know would affect my on the field play so much or just like my overall happiness as much um so being able to you know do things do actually exercises activities whatever it might be whether it's like therapy or anything like that that's that's what I mean by figured out. Like I figured out that those are accessible to me. I figured out that that's like something I should be doing just as much as my physical health. Yeah. Thank you for expanding on that. So, <clears throat> so just to clarify, like how it sounds like it was this buildup, which I feel like a lot of times yeah. that's how it goes, right? It's like, you're mm -hmm. pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing, you kind of push yourself to a certain place. Something goes wrong or like a few things go wrong wrong in quotations mm -hmm. right 
And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, like the floor comes out from underneath you. What was that timeline? Like, was it like a few weeks? Was it the whole year? Like, um, that's a good question. Mine was definitely over the course of a longer period of time. Uh, I think I, what I referenced a second ago was like when I started to like play a little bit worse and everything else kind of started to go downhill, like my mental health at that moment, that was like towards the end of my freshman year. And then, um, I got out of that kind of before I found myself like in a bad place. And I think the, the way that I treated the next bunch of months was like, I don't want to have that happen again, but my solution was going to be to get an even like better of like a physical shape. Um, it, it wasn't really, cause I hadn't really understood the mental impact at that moment. Still, I realized that a lot of stuff was, was being negatively impacted. Um, but I didn't really know why. So I just figured like, if I can control, if I can keep like playing well, if I can keep doing well in school, like I'll be fine. And obviously that's not going to be like a very realistic goal for myself. I like, guess there's going to be bumps in the road, but um, <clears throat> that timeline then kind of gets expanded because uh, I ended up getting hurt my sophomore year. So actually training going into my sophomore year, I like kind of overtrained myself with this mindset, ended up getting hurt going into my sophomore year. And that was kind of when over the course of my whole sophomore year was kind of when things got a lot worse because I, uh, I had nothing really to fall back on at that moment. I had, I didn't have like even my physical health to really fall back on. So that was, that was definitely a tougher point up until like COVID then. So towards the end of freshman year, I started to like, you know, um, understand it a little bit better, but then it was like middle of sophomore year, end of the sophomore year where it was like really in my face. Yeah. I, I think that injury can really exacerbate <clears throat> underlying identity. <clears throat> like I think it can, it's like a surefire way to bring on an identity totally. crisis for a student athlete. Um, I know I experience somewhat of a crisis, like even just being like a human with my injury. And and I know yeah. we, we have similar, similar stories with our hips, but like mm-hmm. hip surgery. And I just remember being like, I can't even, when I had injured it, I can't even take a shower without my hip, like, giving out like walking is so pain sleeping is so painful sitting you don't realize like like you and every injury is different right and I'm not saying like hips are worse or better but like with your hips specifically it's like you can't sit for longer than 30 minutes of time or it locks up yeah Yeah. and it's like laying down you have to elevate your knees up or else like I still sometimes have to sleep certain ways because exactly my hips and And I think that like, as like a student athlete who gets injured, it like really, really pushes you to reflect on what you value and how you see Mm -hmm. yourself. And it Mm -hmm. sounds like that was part of your experience was like looking that dead in the eyes and being like, who am I really? Like, what am I actually doing? Am I doing something I want to be doing? Like, can you talk a little bit about yeah, that experience yeah. and like any kind of light bulb moments through that journey to be like I'm more than just like the yeah. number on my jersey yeah for sure I mean that took me a long time to really actually fully I could tell it to myself but to actually believe it took me a long time um it, it probably took me up through my entire rehab and till I was playing again and felt like my actual self again that I actually started to believe that um but my you know, the thing that happened with me was that I got, I kept getting misdiagnosed with my hip. So I was in a headspace where I was like, something's wrong with me. Nobody knows what it is. 
like it, it was really really frustrating it was a pretty like just a very annoying time in my life because i you know had dedicated so much of my time and energy and it was just like my passion like it was pretty much my only passion in my life was sports and it was like something's not right with it no one can figure out why um so when you so like, like i was saying like i had all of my uh like eggs in one basket at that moment because it, it was like sports is everything that i've been <clears throat> like caring about over the last two years three years honestly like my whole life but it came to like it, it being more than a passion for me at that point and like and then trying to play through that was really difficult because obviously i was playing bad on it like i couldn't expect to actually play well so then it was then it was like um overthinking like what am i actually doing like do i want to play like nothing's actually really like falling into place like how i envisioned it um and then through the whole rehab i'll kind of skip ahead to into the rehab process once i finally got correctly diagnosed that was a good feeling because i you know had a little bit more faith in myself at that moment to know that i wasn't just uh going crazy with crazy. Like, what, was yeah. what was happening to me um but man that that rehab process was not a very fun one uh so i ended up getting double hip surgery i got them a month apart so once i once I got one side, this was like right when COVID hit. Um, luckily, I mean, I hate to say it, but it was kind of a blessing for me when COVID hit, at least for my body physically, just because I, like I could not function. You were you were saying a second ago, I couldn't sleep through the night. I couldn't like if I needed to like go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, I like couldn't make it to the bathroom. It was it was brutal. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how I was playing. I was getting cortisone shots. I was taking like ten Advil. It was a disaster. Like nothing I would ever recommend to people. But um, at the actual rehab process, so I was lucky. I was able to get in pretty quickly when COVID hit, and I got one of my which one did i get done like my left side first maybe that's like crazy like yeah. two hips at the same time is it was insane yeah. i mean i can't imagine because i was non weight bearing for four to six weeks uh, I, was, and, I was in a wheelchair for a little bit and then you're sitting like the mm -hmm. only way you can mm -hmm. that is and everyone listening is probably like, why is she going on? To me, that's <laughs> mind-blowing because I can't – doing one was hard enough, and I waited, like, I think nine months after my second mm -hmm. one to get my other one done. And you were even, strong on that side. Even then yeah. – yeah, even then, like, I really wanted to make sure my left hip was going to be <laughs> good enough to yeah. support my right one for yeah. six weeks because I knew all my weight was going to be yeah. – on exactly. that leg like that is that's an insane recovery yeah it wasn't very fun um <laughs> putting it lightly but it was it was weird because i wanted to get it done as quick as possible so my mindset with this surgery was get it done in the shortest time frame that i can that's going to put me in a position to be healthy as soon as possible and this is just what they recommended I did. So yeah, I got one one month after the other once I was able to walk and full weight bear on the other side. Um, but that was tough because I I spent a lot of COVID because of like the uh, short time frame of those surgeries. I spent a lot of COVID trying to figure out, let alone like play again, like walking, like doing normal activities, like figuring out how to do all of those again, which was very, very tough because as I'm sure you know, and all the other athletes listening to this, like when you have something you're really passionate about, which is sports, and that's like completely pulled from under me, to the point where like I wasn't even thinking about sports. I was thinking about like daily life and doing my tasks like as a normal person. That was that put me in a really, really bad headspace because I didn't know how to handle any of that. Um I wasn't sure how to, you know, make myself feel like I, it was worth what I was going through. Um it was such a slow and long process also that like you weren't seeing progress really 
within the span of like a couple of days or weeks. So it just felt like, like, what am I, like, am I going to get better? Like, is, is this, is this like going to be worth it? So that was, that was the hardest part. Um, I'm thinking a very roundabout way to answer your question of like that moment where I started to really realize about, you know, like my own self-worth and figuring out like that the mental aspect was something that I needed to really focus on. And that came, um, I'm actually gonna have a couple of different stories coming together here at this moment. Cause this is a very interesting time. Uh, when it comes to mental health, it was just like the whole COVID scene, lockdowns, like being away from school, like going home, all of this. And the most eye-opening thing to me um, was in this moment, there was, you know, it, it was really, really bad for a lot of people. And I think that was proven by the crazy amount of suicides and student athletes at this time, which was like a horrible thing just witness happening like during this time. But what that told me is that there's a, a lot that student athletes are um, not getting in the sense of there's a lot of resources that are just lacking in for them. Um, I don't think anyone was prepared to really take on what was happening at that time, but you know, student athletes, especially uh, in our spaces, really didn't have the resources to be able to cope with with anything going on, and you know that was proven just by what was going on, which is um, something that you know I I saw this happening and. Well, I mean, we'll get to, we'll get to this uh, eventually, but, but you know, I saw this happening with, along with my uh, best friend and co-founder of you know an app that we're working on now. This is like kind of what sparked it for us is that like there's not resources and stuff at this time that people are comfortable using. Um, so that was kind of me bringing in this part of the story also because it's the same timeline. But um, I started to get into an interesting space where I was not only battling my own mental health but also trying to help other people at this time. They're like at least trying to do my part in, you know, uh, raising awareness, you know, doing things for, uh, you know, other student athletes. And that's kind of when I became familiar with Morgan's message. And that's when I started to become an ambassador at Richmond and everything. So this was in a time when I didn't even have any answers for myself, which was really weird. But all I knew that their empathy plays a very, very large role in mental health. And that was something that I know correlated with a lot of people, because when you share your own story, when you talk and you are open about it, that <clears throat> can do a lot for somebody listening and you know let alone if uh you know i love doing like the panels and stuff when i was at richmond for morgan's message because there's a lot of athletes that were in there that you know normally i wouldn't have expected people to be in there but like they're hearing this and they're starting to open up on their side and stuff and i don't think any of us had answers for anything but just hearing each other that were in similar spots that were in like um spaces where you know mentally we like are questioning a lot whether it's like sports whether it's questioning kind of any aspect of life and i think it was really comforting to have that around me comforting but also concerning because you know we wanted to make a change at the same time um so kind of then through my sophomore year as i'm starting to rely more on the people around me i'm starting to realize that this is something that is so normal in college athletics is when this started to click for me a little bit more um because it gave me you know inspiration to uh work through my my like negative heads like work through my problems pretty much because I see there's so many other people that if I can point to my own experiences, if I can, you know, work through stuff that I'm going through or, you know, pretty much anything like that, then people will be able to do the same for themselves. And that was a big inspiration for me. And I know that I was looking up to a lot of people at the time. Also, you know, I was just talking to and um, relying on so many different people at the time that uh, I'm really glad that, you know, I ended up making that leap and starting to talk about it because I don't think I would have been uh, in a position to to start working on mental health if I didn't do that. So that was a big thing for me was starting to uh, listen to other people, starting to, you know, have people listen to me um, 
and you know when when you talk and just when you start speaking that's that goes a lot a lot farther than a lot of people realize definitely i think yeah. like shared experiences are like mm-hmm. core to mm-hmm. us as humans like that's that's what really connects us and and brings us together and i think even in like when i think about mental health like everyone knows someone who has been impacted by mental health whether yep. they've lost someone that they love or they know of someone who is who is past or is struggling like I, I and i think like sharing stories about our own experiences and others and really opening up this dialogue is so critical to yeah. kind of like the fight against like the Absolutely. stigma around mental health um We're going to take a quick break and we'll get back to John in a moment. I'd like to take a second to talk about Morgan's message, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Morgan's message's mission is simple. We're striving to eliminate the stigma surrounding mental health within the student-athlete community and equalize the treatment of physical and mental health in athletics. We aim to expand the dialogue on mental health by normalizing conversations, empowering those who suffer in silence, and supporting those who feel alone. Morgan's message was founded in July of 2020 to honor Morgan Rogers, who is a beloved sister, friend, daughter, incredible athlete, and an even more incredible human. To help us take a shot at mental health, To follow along or to find out more, you can head to morgansmessage.org or head to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and follow at Morgan's Message. Let's get back to the episode. I, I want to kind of get into, I don't want to skip over anything else that's pertinent to your story, but I do want to get into your transition from Richmond to USC and USC does not have a men's lacrosse team, but Mm -hmm. rather you played football, which is, I mean, just like knowing college football, like USC is a huge football school and going back to Cal, like, can you take us through the why behind deciding to play football and ultimately how you chose USC to to continue your career and what you're kind of working on now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go into all of that. So man, I had, I had this plan (laughs) probably a lot sooner than I should have. Um, so I said this before the start uh, of this uh, podcast, but I football was the first thing that I really fell in love with. Um, you know, like my mom and I every single Saturday would watch college football and that was like our thing. Um, and it became something that became like a very, very central point of my life. And both of my brothers went to USC. My uncle went to USC. So like I have a lot of USC in my family. So we grew up, you know, USC fans. And, and that was always like what was on TV. And those were the people that were like legends to me. And uh, I, I kind of tucked that dream away as I started to get recruited in lacrosse a little bit, but 
Um, I remember looking up my like sophomore year at Richmond because I, I love playing football. You know, I loved like everything about the entire atmosphere. Um, I thought college football was the coolest thing, especially at USC. And, uh, I remember reading that there was this rule that if you take a fifth year or you could take a fifth year in a different sport. And that, when I saw that, I was like, that's interesting because that's now going to be something that I'm really going to shoot for. Um, and USC was obviously, you know, my number one um, option if I had the choice, but I was obviously like, I couldn't just, again, like put all my eggs into one basket was just this. Cause I like, there's a good chance it can't work out. Um, I got very lucky. The stars aligned for me. I found a program uh, for a master's program that I fell in love with and um, was very, very excited about. I got lucky enough to be accepted. And that was the first stepping stone, which was uh, probably the most important part because they weren't going to help me get in myself. <laughs> coming from my uh, you know, like lacrosse background, they got more important guys to recruit. Um, but at that moment, then I was, I was just badgering the coaching staff. I was like, look at my tape. Like, here's my high school tape. Here's like workouts. Here's like my lacrosse tape. I was doing everything I could to get noticed by them. Ended up, you know, forming a good relationship with them. My brother helped put me in contact with some former players also that he knew at USC. Um, and I can't really describe it besides the stars aligned for me um, there. I think it was the perfect scenario for me to, uh, you know, get this awesome master's degree and also, you know, get the opportunity to live out my dream and do this. Um, so that was, that was really cool. I was, you know, like I can speak about that and just how cool that is for me, but um, it was a very interesting transition because, you know, I went from what is essentially a mid-major lacrosse program in the sense that we're not like one of the quote unquote blue bloods um, of lacrosse, you know, going from a small school like that to a huge school where, you know, you have the entire city of Los Angeles behind you. And it's, it was a very eye-opening experience that I don't think I really totally internalized um, the entire time because you don't really understand the magnitude of what you're doing or what you're going through until it's, you know, all said and done. But um it was, it was a very, very, very difficult transition um, going from, well, it wasn't, it, it was difficult in the sense of, I, I didn't really know how to, you know, navigate the uh, importance of what we were doing. Like, I wasn't really sure how to like, couldn't really make much sense of it just because that was always what I saw on TV. And all of a sudden, like, I'm there now doing that. And uh, it was very eye opening. It was really, really cool. But man, it was tough. It was, it was really hard. Like the practices you know, I'm always all like all of a sudden going against like some of the best athletes in the world. And it was uh, a really awesome experience, but definitely something that uh, took a lot of time and effort um, in order to actually be able to do, which, you know, I'm going to be able to look back on that and, and say that was pretty cool, but it was, it was tough for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it definitely does not sound like an easy, an easy undertaking. Um, what, what are you working on now? I know you kind of mentioned co-founder, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. app can you give, can yeah. you give the audience a little bit of information on yeah what absolutely you're yeah absolutely so this um i'll kind of take you back then to what i mentioned a second ago um which is kind of the origin story of this where you know during covid we realized that all this um, was going on with student athletes uh my best friend and i lucas reagan he was a baseball player james madison and you know we were talking all the time just about this stuff and uh we were just talking one day like man this seems to be an issue that <clears throat> like there's not going to be one single thing that's going to be able to fix this but there seems to be so much room for improvement because of how poorly it's going right now for student athletes mentally um that we decided like we want to be like something that trailblazes a change for that so um you know we started talking about it and we, we put a ton of ideas out there and we came to 
this idea of making an app right now. And this is actually a big reason why I'm at USC also is to be able to develop this app. Uh, but it's a student athlete mental health app that's going to do a couple different things. Um, it's going to be a massive like database or hub for different resources, different strategies that uh, all the student athletes can go on and like share their own. People can like kind of pick from theirs, uh, just see kind of what's out there. We'll also have like our own picks of stuff, hopefully on like a daily basis that'll be posted um, for people to go into and easily have access to, whether it's, you know, videos, articles, whether it's like breathing exercises, other apps, anything like that, that we could just point people to of like, hey, this has worked. You should try it out. You should do this. Um, so that's going to be one aspect of it. The aspect that we're really, really excited about that I think would be a very, very useful part is uh, there's a connection part to it where we're hoping to just connect different student athletes because it's it's really hard when you're on like a small team, even as a team in general, you're confined to the people that you're around. And I think you don't realize that there's so many more people that are like you, especially in college athletics that are around the country. And, you know, with an app like this, where you're going to be able to be connected to other people around the country, you're going to be in a spot where you realize people think similarly, they have different or they have the same priorities, same experiences are really similar to the point where you're going to be able to really, really empathize with them. You're going to be able to, if you're sharing experiences, if you're sharing strategies, you're probably going to be on very similar wavelengths. So a connection aspect is a very integral part of this app where we're hoping to just connect different people together, um, working through the details of that, whether it's groups of people and what we're going to call families, whether it's one-on-one -on -one connections, hopefully all of the above. Um, and we think creating these communities, these safe spaces and these platforms for mental health among different student athletes across the country is going to be something that people could hopefully really, really utilize. And then the last part of it is obviously hoping this will be uh, the biggest legal challenge, but actually getting uh, on-call therapists, uh, getting on-call um, certified people that you know are uh, very experienced in this space to be able to be a uh, just be very accessible to the people that are on it. You know, if they if they need to you know, talk to somebody one-on-one. -on -one. If you need to talk to a professional one-on-one, -on -one, they're going to have the ability to do that. Uh, if they want to talk to one of their peers one-on-one, -on -one, they're going to have the ability to do that. If they want to go and research some of the resources on their own, they're going to be able to go and do that. So it's hopefully just going to be this massive area where a lot of student-athletes come together, you know, um, a very safe space, uh, uh, an area where people are going to be able to talk about themselves a lot, really open up, hopefully. And, uh, you know, if the end, our end goal, and we've been sticking to this the whole time, if we can help one person with this app, we, we've done our job, but we think this has the opportunity to help a lot more than just one person. So we're really excited about it. That's exciting. Um, yeah. Sounds like a big undertaking, but exciting yeah, does, nonetheless. Sure. Um, sure. So good luck with, with that, that Thank venture. Um, I can't wait to follow along with, with all of that. We are just about at time, which I think I said before I started recording, I was like, if, if I'm doing my job right, it'll feel like it flew by. And I it know did. it felt like it, it oh, flew it by for me. Absolutely. Um, the first question I have for you is what is one piece of advice that you would give to yourself when you were struggling most knowing what you know now? Man, um... That's a very interesting question. Uh, there's a lot of things, you know, it's really easy to go back and be like, I would have done this. I would have done that because obviously I would have done this and I would have done that. But I think the the biggest piece of advice is don't be scared to reach out to other people. Um, a big part of my story is 
using, utilizing the people around me, um, really relying on them. Like it seems like, and I know a big part of mental health, the stigma behind it is you're burdening people with your problems. And that just couldn't be farther from the truth. Like it, it really sucks that that's like the idea behind it because people want to help you. If, if you, you know, express that you're having trouble with something, no, like people aren't going to turn their back to you. And if they are going to turn their back to you, then like the, you're, you're like, you're talking to the wrong people. You know, like there are so many people that are around you that would be more than happy to talk to you about it, help you through it, do whatever. So, you know, opening up for, for me was something that I really struggled with. Um, Kind of diving into the deep end of just not being scared to rip off the bandaid and be like, I'm going to try this because like normally with a lot of mental health strategies, you're like, if it's like, it doesn't work, it's going to be a waste of time but you won't know unless you do it. So ripping off that band-aid is a very, very important step to actually doing it. So between those two things, like it just, you know, realizing that you're going to be better if you do anything, it's going to be better than doing nothing, you know? Definitely. Um, yeah. Final, final question. What are you most grateful for? I'm grateful for a lot of things. Um, that's going to be most grateful is going to be a really tough question to answer. Uh I've talked so much about it, but you know, my family, um, my parents, my siblings, and my my like close group of friends, my support system around me is something that I wouldn't have been able to get through if I didn't have them. Um so grateful isn't even really a word that I could use to describe that, uh, just because of the magnitude of the ways that they've been able to help me. Um man, like that's that that's definitely where I think, you know, I'm I'm most grateful for is is definitely the people around me. Uh different people have played a lot of different roles, you know, in my mental health journey. I think there's not, there has been a lot of people I've relied, relied on a lot, but there's been a ton of different people that I've relied on for different little parts. And, um, you know, they've been, people have been so awesome to me. People have been so great in talking to me. And I know that I'm saying that because I know that there's so many people out there that don't think they have that support system, but like, trust me, you, you do. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. And more importantly, thank you for coming on the mental matchup and thank sharing you. about all of your experiences and talking uh, to us about, you know, what you're up to next. I am so, so grateful. Uh, thank you. No, I really appreciate you having me on. This has been awesome. I'm like I said in the beginning, Morgan's message is something that helped me through a lot. I'm really happy to be able to be back on this mental matchup uh, podcast because, you know, you guys have done a lot for me. So um, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. This is awesome. Another huge thank you to John for coming on The Mental Matchup and getting extremely vulnerable about his experiences with social anxiety, injuries, balancing academics and athletics, and so much more. I am so grateful that he wanted to come on The Mental Matchup and share his story, and you can check him and his app out at Athletes Together, um, which, which is really, really exciting. I have linked all the links. I've linked his Instagram, Athletes Together, all in the show notes for you to check out more. If you are interested in coming on to the Mental Matchup, whether it be on the podcast or through our Written Stories platform, you can reach out to submission at morgansmessage.org or head to morgansmessage.org and click on the Mental Matchup. Another huge thank you to Morgan's message for presenting the podcast. We would not be here without them. 
If you are interested in finding out more about Morgan's message, getting involved, or just following along, you can head to morgansmessage.org or on Instagram at morgansmessage. With that, we will see you next episode.